1996. The UNGCC has traveled to Birth Island to monitor Godzilla and Little Godzilla, only to find the island destroyed and the monsters missing. But once Godzilla reappears, we find he's covered in boiling red radioactivity and attacking Hong Kong. Measures must be taken to uncover what is causing Godzilla's condition and causing his destructive behavior. However, as solutions are being deployed, a new threat emerges. Precambrian organisms called destroyer this is the lv 426 degrees of alien podcast and tonight we are talking godzilla versus destroyer hello and welcome to another episode of the lv 426 degrees of alien i'm andrew and as always i'm joined by jason hello jason hello hello well, I don't know why you're already insulting any British listeners we may have with that accent, but mm-hmm. hey, so it's okay. He has to be extra bad because we have a special guest today, uh, the wonderful Kelly Warner. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. And uh, of course, we had to bring Kelly on because we are talking about Godzilla today. But before we get to that, we have to do some housekeeping And uh, that is uh, what I like to call reports from the hive. That's the sound the aliens make. I thought it was spot on. Kelly, what do you think of my alien impression? Oh, very, very, very good. That's exactly how I remember it. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like I just lifted it from the movies and just put it right in. It's like, wow, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So this is where we talk about anything that we have been reading, listening to, or watching that is even kind of remotely related to the Alien franchise. Uh, Normally, this is just me talking because, Jason, I don't think you really have anything. Do you have anything this time, Jason? No, no, no. I noticed you didn't ask me my opinion about the Alien noises. You know? No, no. I I, I already know your care. (laughs) I I can see it. You're, you know, the viewers... They can't see you, but I can see you. So I can, you are like an anime character. So when you love something, I can just see the hearts in your eyes. So it's, uh, it's clear. It's clear. I will, uh, I will lying just kind to of... the audience, lying to the audience. <laughs> They'll never know. Uh, well, I guess now that you told them, but anyways, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So just quick as we're going in, uh, there was a brand new little expansion release for the Alien RPG by Free League called Hearts of Darkness, and it was uh, absolutely great. I read through that in like one sitting, the whole little campaign nodule, and uh, I'm very excited to run it through. The Alien RPG continues to be like the shining achievement of this franchise right now. Like everything I, I want is is in the Alien RPG, and I love it dearly. So that continues to be great. Something that's <sighs> continues to be rather disappointing is the Alien Marvel comics. So we are now in issue two. Now, to be fair, I think this at this point, because I liked the Alien RPG scenario so much, I looked upon this and was like, eh, you know what? This is kind of fine because it's just dumb and stupid. So, like, if I don't take it too seriously, I can have, like, a little bit of fun with it, especially now that they've changed up the art, the artist who's doing the art, because, yeah, now the aliens actually have some dynamic poses and they aren't clearly trace jobs of action figures. So, which, again, would be fine if we couldn't tell, but it's very unnoticeable. Uh, the story-wise this time, you just got a bunch of 
I don't know, like synth warriors going in to a hive to get something. And I'm like, why? And the synths like are talking like there aren't robots. And it's just very weird because you're just like, this doesn't really seem much like anything from the alien universe. It seems like you just completely broke the universe, but that's fine. Do what you want, uh, Marvel Comics creators. I have the alien RPG and it is always good to me. Speaking of things that are always good to me, I read the next Predator comic, and that continues to be great. So uh, I don't know what you're doing wrong, Alien Comics from Marvel, because the Predator comics are great. And I've also finished, well, I've also just started a new Alien book. Not new, it's it's old, but it's new to me, and that is Alien Steel Egg by John Shirley. And this is one of the ones created by uh, Dark Horse in the early 2000s, a Dark Horse original publication. And this one is, so this is clearly written before all everything like Prometheus and Alien Covenant and that. So this is like a prequel that is supposed to talk about the first time humans ever came into contact with aliens. And it's like very early in space exploration. So like, you know, where the timeline, uh, it's probably like about 100 years before Alien. And like the the idea was basically... In the original Alien movie, uh, some people have kind of taken it to be interpreted as like the fact that there's like that, that like get the specimen at all costs, like blah, 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 everyone else is expendable is because there's like a pre-built in system because they have dealt with these creatures before or know about these creatures vaguely. And they put that in the, the back catalog. I always, in my opinion, I've always interpreted that an alien as just being like any extraterrestrial life form, right? Like I, I just viewed that as like a directive that Ash has for like any extraterrestrial life form. But anyways, it's fine. It's a, it's, it's an interesting theory to kind of write a, a book on and it's, it's a pretty good so far, but I haven't got to, I literally have just gotten to, they were exploring this alien ship and then someone got face sucked. So that's really funny because I've always assumed that, the corporation knew exactly what they were sending them into. Like I always assumed that that was true. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the general, like that's the ge- general interpretation. And it's not, I, I don't think it's wrong by any know. It's I, I think that's like a very easy way to read that. So I think the idea is probably by the end of this book, they'll have some knowledge of like this, where this will be. And then everything like once we get out, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah. Kelly, have you watched or read anything even remotely alien related? Recently, no. Um, That's fair. I, I, I love all the alien uh, films. Well, okay, no, I love the alien series. I do not love all the films. I was about to say, there's uh, yeah, there's some doozies yeah. in there. Let me, let me take that back. Yeah, <laughs> but um, big, big fan of Alien versus Predator Requiem. No, 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 I, I, I take it back, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm a fan, but I guess it's been a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, uh, I recently read a wonderful book that you produced and I, I have a feeling that some of the creatures in that book were inspired by. Aliens. No, what? Really? Is no. That, yes. Uh, just, a, yeah. Yeah. Very much it, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, they have very just a lot of bit. <laughs> they have like very cool designs though in the artwork would you like to tell the listeners what i'm talking about sure i i wrote a kaiju novel 
called In the Shadow of Extinction. And yes, there is there's multiple, you know, monsters in it. And there's some that are very, very much uh, xenomorph inspired or kind of also took inspiration from uh, the, the Kaiju Legion from Gamera 2. And um, so, which itself is very uh, xenomorph kind of inspired. At least one stage of it is. Anyway, I'm a nerd. And uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the, that's, you picked up on that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I hit it very well. Okay. No, no, I, yeah. Yeah, some some of the influence is, uh, you know, wearing on the sleeve and everything. But uh, yeah, that's okay. But yeah. It's the best kaiju novel I've ever read. I love it. So <laughs> I have no I have no ifs, ands, or buts, no complaints. You bring in aliens and you bring in Godzilla and I'm I'm there. I'm there. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. And that actually ties in directly into tonight's movie. Wow, what is that? An amazing segue. It's not wow. amazing if you point it out, but had I just gone on, it would have been amazing. Anyways, um, I'm always you know, derailing my own train. Like, I'm like, oh, that train's going there. Better set the explosives. No more. The trolley problem, but it's the Segway problem. So, so today we are talking about 1995's Godzilla versus Destroya. Or the, it depends on how you say it, because there's some people who call it Destroya. And I think, like, if you read it, that's kind of how it's placed. Like, that's kind of how it is in the the movie they're always calling it uh destroyer and it seems like for the most part from what i believe the reason why it has that name in the 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 film name is because i think that was just so they could actually copyright the monster i mean i don't know kelly do you do you have dick do you are you any more knowledgeable Uh, on this than me because i i believe it has something to do with more of the it is destroyer in japan and uh I, and that this is basically how the English word kind of sounds out as far as like trying to uh, sound it out. Uh, I thought that was the reason, but I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, that's probably that's probably part of it as well. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a bit of background. If you are someone who I just threw in uh, with no context whatsoever, Jason. Hello, Jason. Oh, hey, how's it going? You have not seen how many Godzilla movies have you seen? I mean, a handful, you know, I've I've seen the original Godzilla. That's good. That's probably the most important one, to especially have for this, this film. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen Destroy All Monsters, right? At some point, um, I've seen Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. I've seen I've seen a few. I've seen my fair share, right? I, I'm definitely the absolute layman on this podcast. Can't wait to be schooled. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. Um, I, I, I do feel a little bit bad because this is a movie that is wrapping up like a series of movies. I totally gathered um, that though. Like, I think um, we, we'll get into it, but like, I, I was not lost at all in this film whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it is, uh, it is pretty easy to like, even if you kind of have only background knowledge uh, of Godzilla, because like, you know. People know that Godzilla has a son. Even, I mean, he had a nephew on the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, <laughs> sure but, did. Um, but, like, there is there is already kind of, like, a pre-established thing of, like, you know, Godzilla has some form of os- 
offspring. And that's really all you need to know. Like, that's the only real setup. I'll just say this, like halfway through watching this, because I'm on vacation this week, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this in the middle of the day on my TV. Like halfway through, because I had to stop my six or my twin six year old girls came home and watched the second half of this movie. And they were like, oh, what's going on with Godzilla's son? Like they were just like picked it up right away. They knew it was Godzilla's son. They were just in on it. Uh, And they were enthralled until the end when, you know, Godzilla melts like fucking stripe at the end of Gremlins. And we can talk about that. Uh, And then they were like, oh, my God. But I know that was going to traumatize them. But that's something they'll, you know, carry with them to their therapists later in life. (laughs) I have these nightmares of my father melting. Why is baby Godzilla not on the screen anymore? Why is the red stuff shooting out of his chest? Well, I mean, hey, sometimes, you know, baby Godzilla's died, you know? Well, hey, at the very end, baby Godzilla absorbs that radiation and is, and is roaring yeah. at the end. So, Fuck you yeah. know, he lives forever uh, in our hearts. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they picked this up right away. They understood what was going on. I thought it was, you know, it's a very well-constructed movie in that way, I would say. Um, that's we'll- yeah that's that that is awesome because yeah so this is like the name for this generation or era of godzilla has kind of changed throughout the years mostly i always knew it as the heisei era even though it starts with a turn return of godzilla which is in 1984 which is actually before so the eras that we have for godzilla films are the originals are called like the showa era these portion of films called the Heisei area and the newer films up to a certain point are called the millennium era and that's like two until 2004 and then the newest era uh, of Godzilla's films is the Reiwa era and they're mostly kind of named after transition of of like Japanese emperors and technically the film that starts this like cycle is n- technically still in the show era. So it's, it's one of those things where if you're really like hard pressed on, on like the eras and what they mean now, people call them now I've heard people call them the versus era, which I still don't think is like that good because, you know, I never heard that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was people are always coming, you know, Godzilla nerds, are are very very weird they're a very specific level of as opposed to other nerds no 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 believe me godzilla nerds (laughs) are very specific this is true this is true of of nerdery so they people get like really weirded out on like how they label certain things and certain genres and blah blah blah. i still call it the haste era i always grew up with that i just think that that's yeah i just think that that works even if you're kind of like shoveling in that that one so in 1984, there is like just a, a, a straight up Return of Godzilla, literally the name of the movie, and that's like a, a new Godzilla appears. He doesn't fight anyone, and then he starts going like, oh, he fights Biollante, and then you know, as we go on and on and on, there are I think there is how many films are there in this era? I think six or five. Uh, let's see. There's Re- uh, Return of Godzilla, Biollante. Uh... Versus Mothra, versus King Ghidorah, Mechagodzilla, Space Godzilla, Destroyer. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, wow. There's more than I thought. Um, and yeah, it's... it's it's also worth noting that this one kind of, like, starts a new kind of continuity, whereas, like, the, 
the Showa films were their own thing. This one kind of ignores all of the sequels except for the original. It's the Heisei films are like the sequel to the 54 film and they ignore everything else. Yeah, yeah. That kind of happens a lot. Like there are many, like, especially when you get to the, the millennium era, there are whole, so many movies that are like, blah, 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 blah. Only the first yeah. one counts. <laughs> or like some movies that are like, only the first one and Mothra counts. And you're like, what? Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and also <laughs> War of the Gargantuas happens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what? Yeah, and maybe this, that one squid movie that you don't remember. Yeah, sure, that one counts too. Yeah, but, um, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That is very funny. Space Amoeba. Everyone forgets it. Uh, but technically it does count. But yeah, so so these ones, like people, you know, again, Godzilla nerds, some people seem to think that there is kind of a continuity for the Showa films. I don't think there is really. I think there's like very loose continuity where they're like, oh, Godzilla, you know, fell asleep here, so he'll come back here. Or like there's like a little bit in that first like four movies four or five movies but after that it kind of just does its own thing uh there's not a real explanation for a lot of them um because that's not how movies were made back then really like they're they kind of were just like you know they're similar to like if you've seen universal monster sequels really like it's kind of in that same vein where like there are similarities right like they're there are things that like kind of cross over, but also you can kind of just watch whatever, whenever, and still get a full story and not like, they're not the, you know, every once in a while you'll see an article that is like, oh, destroy all monsters with the first Avengers. This is the first MCU. And I'm like, not really, because you can just go in and watch the movies. Do you as they really? Are. Yeah, I never made that claim before. Never. Not, not me. Oh, no. Kelly, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Sorry, I I mean it more as an insult to the Avengers, less as an insult. <laughs> no, Kelly, no, how yeah. do you feel about being debunked on this broadcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's happened before. I deserve it. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, but fine. also, like, do we really want continuity? I mean, like, imagine a world where, like, every three years, a giant monster rises up and destroys these poor fucking people's city. And they have to just rebuild just for them to come back and fuck them up again. You know, wouldn't it be nicer to believe that, like, these are new people who are experiencing this, <laughs> you know? who well, don't have it, to experience this every fucking four years or whatever? Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, this particular <laughs> like entry, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this particular entry, though, is all like. There, there is a shared continuity with it. So it's actually the interesting middle middle child of the Godzilla franchises because it's like the only one, uh, it's the only era so far. I mean, I'm expecting that from the Reiwa era. So far in the Reiwa era, we've only got like a bunch of anime films, uh, which no one really wants to talk about, uh, and Shin Godzilla, which people do want to talk about. And also an, an actual anime as well. That's great. I I, I like Godzilla's signal point quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, but regardless... There's not really enough to tell if they're going to be like a continuity base, but I don't think they're going to be based on Shin Godzilla. But yeah, so this is the only era that's like a very much like a here's the story. Here's a continuity. We are following this Godzilla through to the end. And this is the end film. Now, what's nice, though, is um, Jason said you could just watch it. it like it, it wasn't it didn't feel like you had to do your homework before watching it, which I think is is a really good to hear. Is that that right, Jason? That, I mean, that's how I, I mean, again, I'd seen the original before this. So it does play with the original ideas. But I think like the ideas it's playing with in the original are kind of common knowledge in a way. It's not like 
introducing like an angle that we weren't aware of in terms of what the allegory of the original film is. I feel like that's like almost public consciousness. Like everyone knows that, right? To some degree. Yeah. Right. No, that, that, that is I mean, fair. And you do. I actually... mean, I'm sure that's not a hundred percent true, but it felt true to me. And like, like I said, even my six year olds were like, Oh, he, why he's turning red in like, there's, you know, this is like nuclear or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they just sort of got that, you know? In a couple questions, you know, so I, I just don't feel like it's that confusing. Good, that's good. And you know, I'm sure if you watched like any Marvel movie, you probably have more questions than this. Uh, yeah, like why movie. am I watching this? <laughs> and why do people pay to watch this? Daddy, why do these movies suck so bad? <laughs> why wow. does the CG get worse every movie, Daddy? How is it what? possible that Iron Man One looks better than Multiverse of Madness? I can't answer those questions. Ask your mother, you know? <laughs> Nobody uh, knows. Uh, but no, that's good. Before we get into this in general, I just want to kind of go through the the first impressions for people. Uh, Kelly, what was your first impression of this particular film? I picked up a lot of the uh, Heisei movies on VHS at like the mall uh, back in the 90s. And um uh, watched them so often that the the tapes started to kind of get uh, fucked up a little bit, and um, uh, so much to the, to the point where it's like even now today I have the dubbed uh, voice actors. As far as like it's like I know that the uh, original performances are the superior performances, and yet I grew up with the the dubs, and so I kind of have more of a connection to them uh, a little bit and uh but yeah so this one uh i i loved this movie for a long time it was one of my favorite of the godzilla movies a little bit less so of late get, get a little bit older watch it more times with more critical eye and uh you know i'm more critical more difficult to please and uh but i i do i do quite enjoy it yeah, it was sort of a, it was a movie that as a child, yeah, no, I cried. And that, yeah, I, I had the therapy bills too. Yeah, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's amazing. It's So what's always, for me, what's always interesting about how I got introduced to the Heisei era is like these movies did not come out during their original runs in japan it took a few years for them to actually come to uh like stateside to north america and basically the only reason we got these films is because of the 1998 film because sony mm -hmm. bought up all of those rights to to those heisei films and finally released them in a like in a celebration of the 98 film so it's one of those things where like you know you still get people who are like not over the 98 film uh and you know there are some like undeniably good things that came out of the 98 film and one of those was getting a lot of these early uh 90s godzilla movies back over here because you know return of godzilla got uh Got the Roger Corman treatment with uh, Godzilla 1985, which is just um, that movie, but interspersed with everyone drinking Do Dr. Pepper right into camera. Like, it's like 
unabashedly. It's like a Dr. Pepper commercial, and then also <laughs> the the footage from <laughs> the Japanese version. Okay, but Raymond Burr has a good final monologue. But okay, you, you know you are one hundred percent correct. Raymond Burr <laughs> kills it in that movie, and he's like the only thing that's like good about yes, the American yes, footage. It's true. <laughs> like, like there's all these like scenes of like these other people like hamming it up and like being like. Oh wow! Looks like they got a new remodeling project going on in Japan, <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa, dude, that's fucked up that you just said that." Yeah. But then, like, Raymond Burr comes in, and he's like, "Sometimes the Godzilla appears to remind mankind just how small he really is." Hey, Godzilla! <laughs> hey, Godzilla! <laughs> and he's just beautiful. It's like he does this beautiful speech. And you're like, "Damn." Yeah. <laughs> there is uh some good things that came out of that movie and i think for me before i really saw all of these like i think i actually got introduced to a lot of the heisei characters from godzilla save the earth which is like this ps2 game so like in those games a lot of the the more clunkier suits were like way more mobile because it's like a fighting game so, like, I remember when I finally saw, like, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, that suit does not move nearly as cool as it moves in the video game. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, in the video game, it's, like, doing, like, handstands and, like, doing, like, like corkscrew kicks and, like, doing these, like, amazing things. And then, and then it's just kind of like a tank in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. But uh, Destroyer was always cool, and it's it's actually pretty fun because, like in the in the games, he's just as cool as he is in this movie. So it was one of those things where you know I was not disappointed when I finally got to this movie and, and watched it. And you know, Kelly, like you, I, those the dubs do probably hold a lot of sway in my brain. Not as much as they do for these for the originals, though, because I feel like the '60s and '70s era dubs that we got, I have just like completely have just like burned their way into my brain the voices do <laughs> burn into my brains for the 90s one but i was like able to have more of a detachment but like you know something like uh godzilla's revenge like i can never not hear the dub whenever like minya is talking and it's just like oh um, no godzilla says i need to fight my <laughs> own battles and uh <laughs> it's the greatest thing i've ever heard oh, uh, i love it <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah like you i kind of got introduced to to this one uh like there i think like so for me as far as like as we're kind of just getting into actually talking about the film for me it's like got the heisei films are like my i'm i'm cool i'm in high school this is my godzilla now i'm I'm too cool for the old Godzilla. I was still watching them, but I would like, like I'm too cool for the old Godzilla. This is the serious Godzilla. I like this one. This is cool. It's cool. And then, you know, as I got older, I kind of fell out of that a little bit. And now I'm kind of back in that a little bit. Uh, not not that I don't like I love it again. Like I, I there was like a break from the Haze era, and now I'm kind of back into loving them within the context of the entire franchise that i love all of it now and it was it, it was kind of like an interesting journey that i had and uh yeah re-watching this film i think every time i rewatch this film i think i don't remember how great it is because you know when we really like get some of the human elements in this like i really do like all of the humans in this and then i love the action sequences in this one uh to the nth degree 
And if you're this far into the podcast and you've never heard of this movie and you don't know why we're covering it on the Alien podcast, you will if you look up how uh, Destroyer looks. Like, just look up, uh, look it up on Google right now. Google Image Church, and uh, yeah, you'll see the little baby ones. They have the xenomorph mouths. And there's a sequence in this movie that is 100% just the sequence of aliens. Like they have motion trackers in it. They have like the same arm, like the same like smart gun arms that they do in in aliens. And uh, yeah, you can feel like there is one sequence of this movie that is 100% inspired uh, by alien. Uh, Jason, would you agree? Oh yeah. It's that character design is, creature design rather is um absolutely alien inspired for sure like you said it has the extending um mouth you know within the mouth it, it it's obvious right and it, not in a way that detracts from the movie by any stretch of the imagination feels more like an homage if anything than it does a ripoff because yeah. there's, en- there's enough difference here and enough difference in terms of backstory and how like those th- these things sure we'll get into this come to life that I, you know, it, it doesn't detract from it. It just feels familiar in a really warm and fuzzy way, you know, actually. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way to say it. And one of the things that I like about this is that it's very much like you can feel the like Godzilla-esque nature of that scene. Sure. Like there are, like, you know, where normally like you're like the aliens, as far as we know them, whenever you encounter an alien creature, what it does, it comes down from the rafters and takes somebody, right? Like that's, that's mm. almost always in these movies how the first Xenomorph does anything. In all the books, it's what it does. And this one, <laughs> they'll just like fly through the wall. And that's what I love about this. Like, there are sequences where you're like, oh, they're going to come down from the rafters, right? Because this is like alien. And then it's like, no, bips, they're coming through the wall. And they just like burst through the wall. And there's a giant explosion. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is clearly some tokusatsu going on. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah. And I don't think it really detracts from the film. A lot of these films uh, of this 90s era, did have some influences from Hollywood blockbusters of the time. And you could definitely really feel it. Like there is the Godzilla versus King Ghidorah that has like, has the Terminator basically in this character called M11, who has like this amazing run sequences. God, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> the greatest movie of all time. Um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> the running sequences. We'll watch it. Don't worry. It's uh, you know Terminator is related to Alien, so we'll we'll use that as the reason. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I mean Jim Cameron, right? You got Jim Cameron. Yeah, Jim Cameron, and and you and you'll watch it, and you'll be like, damn, Jim Cameron don't got nothing on M eleven. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is uh, Harlan Ellison uh, credited at the end of that movie as well? <laughs> no. I don't even Jim think Harlan Ellison would, would, would fight for that one. Like, <laughs> nah, I saw those run effects. I'm not. I'm not doing <laughs> You can have this one. Oh, goodness gracious. But yes, Jason, what did you just think of this film? Let me get yeah. your opinions on this film. Saw it a few days ago for the first time. I, I mean, it's funny you should say you like the, you know, the people, you know, in this movie. I could do without them, quite honestly. And I don't want to disparage because like you guys, I watched this dub, right? So I don't think it's a fair assessment to the actors and how they did. If you well, watch it I, I watched this uh, with subtitles. Thank you very oh, okay. much. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm sure the first time you saw it though was dubs, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I know. I know. I so, just... and I don't really like dubs period. Um, 
you know, that's what that's what was available to me on Hulu. So, you know, that's what I was watching. So, you know, the but you know, I don't really care if the you know, human characters are great to me, right? Like that's not what I'm going into a Godzilla movie for, right? For the things I go into a Godzilla movie for, the action, the sense of scale, the character, the creature design, the modeling work, all of that stuff is A+. plus. Like So, like, the things I care about when watching a Godzilla movie, to me, are great in this movie. Yeah, I can elaborate more on that later, but, I, you know, this is, I had a great time with this movie because it hit the, it checked the boxes of what I want from a Godzilla movie. You know, I think maybe if I had seen this as many times as Kelly, I'd probably be coming back to this with a more critical eye like she is. But I, that's just not how I'm coming to this movie. I'm coming to, geez, Godzilla looks cool and he's glowing red. Like, that's the level of, you know, that's my um, critical eye in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kelly, go go off. What do you think about yeah. this movie now? Yeah, make me like, feel bad about myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I I still like the movie. I I feel like like you. I I think some of the human characters don't matter so much to me. Uh, uh, so the Heisei series has the one recurring re- recurring character of uh, Miki Sagusa. The uh, Ooh, Miki yeah, Sagusa. the sidekick. I don't know why this film felt the need to limit her role by hey, let's just add another sidekick into the movie. Sidekick battle. <sighs> I'm, I'm also in the ESP program. Me too. <laughs> it is less egregious than giving her a love story, which is somewhat what they do in some of these. So, like, I don't know. I, I didn't mind, like, oh, we're friends now. Oh, I love the love story in Space Godzilla where the guy just comes up to her and says, Have you, don't you sometimes want to think about other things other than Godzilla? For example, falling in love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's such a good pickup line. And he but, also uh, gave her, just kidding. Unless you're, seri- <laughs> unless you're serious, unless <laughs> um, uh, I liked uh, some of the nods to the '54 original in the characters. Like you have the original actress who played Emiko uh, back in this one, in one of her last uh, screen roles. Uh, then also like the the grandson, or is it great grandson of Dr. Yamane? Uh, even though annoying little punk kid character. Is this the kid that's uh, just like? I'm. I was on the internet, so I know everything yeah. there is to know about Godzilla. Yeah, it's like this kid that went to space camp, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Shit, he has all the answers. We should listen to this sixteen-year-old." I love and, that. Um, oh, go ahead, Kelly. Sorry. No, 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 no. Just it's just it. It's one of those things where we see that kind of character pop up again and again in in Godzilla movies, and it's just almost always my least favorite uh, archetype of the Godzilla heroes. Where it's like, no, I just no, I don't. I don't like the 16-year-old genius character in the movies. I feel like it was like the 90s, so they had to be like, there's people on the internet talking about Godzilla, so we want to make those super fans feel like they're superstars. You know what I mean? We've got to hack Godzilla. We've got to hack his genetic code. And if there's anything we know in 2022, do not empower nerds, okay? (laughs) Please do not make them feel good about themselves, you know? (laughs) You know Um, I'm like... Um, and I love that he's like, I love that he's like, everyone's like, oh, he's like, uh, Godzilla has a reactor for a heart. And everyone's like, really? Is that true? And he's like, yeah, I'm on the internet doing my own research. So I know I was on the 4chan. And they're like, okay, I guess that's true then. I mean, yeah, can't dispute that. Can't I, dispute I'm that. not on the internet. I'm shit. 
That's done uh, my own research. Okay. <laughs> Which includes reading a Wikipedia page and one fucking infographic that he read on fucking <laughs> chain, you know? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand that kid. Um <laughs> but <laughs> you know, and then we have the other characters, the um the reporter and then the uh the scientist who kind of wants to recreate the oxygen destroyer and it's sort of like why uh i don't know uh some so yeah the human characters i could give or take uh uh i, I like miki i don't like that the this movie felt the need to kind of uh reduce her role so much uh as far as the other stuff you know i like uh destroyer uh destroyer whatever it's a cool monster i like the way it's introduced with a little bit of a throwback to the the fish getting melted away uh you know, I got the aquarium dude walking through and saying hello to all the fish and everything. And then they start uh, <laughs> dying in front of them. And uh, I thought that was, you know, that's cool. That's fun. And, uh, and then, of course, we get to the James Cameron sequences. And uh, yeah, no. Uh, and it it is kind of as far as you go to the movie for Godzilla and you love Godzilla and you love that little baby of his and uh yeah <laughs> but let's start off the movie with the baby has been basically nuked and we can't find it well that's bleak and now we have godzilla and he's lit up like a torch and he's stomping through hong kong well for, okay so that's really cool we, we, we actually see godzilla leave uh tokyo for a bit but if you actually watch those scenes it's like stock footage of people just walking through hong kong totally oblivious to the fact that there's a monster mm, rampage yes, through the city. that's true yeah um uh I shouldn't care, but I care. But so I, it is from beginning to end, pretty fucking bleak as far as how it depicts uh, Godzilla and and the baby. Uh, you know, the baby decides to take on Destroya and then gets like its, you know, heart ripped out and then starts frothing at the mouth and <laughs> you know and and dies and then like Godzilla's like, hey, what the hell? And um, uh, starts a fight too and tries to revive the baby, but it can't because. I don't know. And uh, and then, you know, Destroya gets him in a choke slam and all this sort of shit keeps going on. And then eventually Godzilla melts down and this is considered to the earth the best case scenario as we're watching him die. And it's sort of, yeah, no, this is a, I don't want to say dark Godzilla movie, but it is, a, it is a sad one. It is a somber one. And I think to me, the, the best thing about it is in addition to seeing Godzilla in a truly different form and and taking him to the grave is what really makes the somber mood work is Akira Fukabe probably gives the best score in the entire Godzilla series, in my opinion. It's it's a wonderful score yes, yeah. and and it's especially good uh, in some of the later scenes, like when Godzilla is dying. It's like this uh, very sad death requiem, and um, it's a uh, it's it's one of those sort of things where it's like, yeah, it's a Godzilla movie. Are it's kind of asking a lot to for to, for some audience members to believe that you you should be sad at this moment. But no, I think the music kind of sells it, and uh, it, it is a pretty effective uh, scene, and and how it ends with no dialogue but then just the shadow of the new Godzilla rising. I, I love the ending. It, it hits some 
bumps in the road before then, and I could care less about most of the characters, but I love the ending. And uh, so, yeah, I like the film. Nice, nice. No, that's that. That is good. That is all uh, really well said. I am going to be the lone defender of the human characters on this. That's fine. That's fine. This is how this normally is. Uh, I I I love the humans, but uh, you know me. Uh, <clears throat> so I hate say... hate humans in real life. Oh yes, uh, the no, ones no, no, that I don't. Against... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I don't like humans in in reality. But you know, if they're hanging out <laughs> with Godzilla, you know, they're okay in my book. Uh, so I will admit that the movie doesn't follow through on all of the thematic elements with the characters because we kind of go into be kind of introduced with a kind of discussion about what our stance would be on world changing technology when it's now it's like well this could have bad consequences but also all of us could die like the entire world could die so it's like it there's like this kind of this this kind of discussion about you know what is it okay to use something that will probably destroy us in the long run to save us in the short run and they're kind of just talking about you know using the oxygen destroyer a micro oxygen in in this to kind of like you know chat about nuclear energy really like that's kind of what they're what they're talking about is like you know if the world is in the middle of an energy crisis as it is in this movie, as it is always, <laughs> as it's been for most of our lives, um, there is like a, a dwindling supply of resources uh, and that will have dramatic consequences to us as a species. This is more looking at it from like a, oh, an asteroid is coming. Do we fire all the nukes at it kind of thing, right? Like this is kind of like more like that, like, do we use something that we said we were never going to use in order to save our skins, even though it could have dire consequences? And I thought that was really interesting. There is a lot of discussion about the relationship between science and journalism and like, you know, where do we stand as far as, you know, when you are talking about science to a scientist how much do you need to grill the person versus like how should you be pessimistic should you be optimistic usually most journalistic practices is to not take any side right it's to kind of be like like a medium but also that's not really how journalism actually works like if you're on on a talk show like that and you want to make money you always have to take a side that's like the trick of journalism is that it doesn't work how they chase you in journalism school. Um, but I know I went to journalism school. Okay. Don't, uh, don't get on me. Journalist nerds in the, in the, in the we don't have any of those. I swear. No. Um, no. But I, I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. The scientist in this is, is interesting because he is optimistic and he doesn't want to be labeled the mad scientist. He's like, I'm not a mad scientist. This is not me like trying to do this. <laughs> And it's like uh, trying to like examine a trope that appears in like a lot of Godzilla films, like where there are quite a few like, you know, uh, mad scientists, only one really great one in Terra Mechagodzilla, the greatest mad scientist ever made in uh, Dr. Mifune, Dr. Mifune. Um, so good. So good. Uh, Imagine a world where doctors come and be like, listen, I know there's mad scientists out there, but I'm not one of them. 
Like you have to like I declare mean, I yourself would, a non-mad scientist. I would say in America, most scientists should have to do that because <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at you all. Wait, wait, wait. History, Are we taking okay? an anti-vax statement on this? <laughs> no, we're not. What you're trying to say right now? Is that what you're trying to say? What are they putting <laughs> into the vax? Exactly. No, no, oh, no. 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 These mad scientists. No, but again, you are making a joke. But that is one where it's 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 an interesting uh, like scenario where if you kind of take some of the things this movie is talking about and apply it more open endedly, eventually you end up to questions like that, and you're like, <laughs> okay, now there's like you know, it's a lot more messier than like you know, there's not really any clear yeah. answers. And I I like though I do like in this movie that there actually isn't an answer, clear answer given because the problem is solved for them essentially like where it's supposed to like so you don't actually have to make the choice like there's not an answer to this i've talked to the best people dr fauci a mad scientist (laughs) no 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 i know the best scientist. don't you're not bringing this into godzilla you're not (laughs) i fucking you will not um but (laughs) but i i'm just trying to say it's interesting when they're talking about the relationship between science and journalists and uh, I do think there's a lot of elements there where they're like, we're all going to die. We need to recreate the oxygen destroyer. It's the only thing that can kill Godzilla. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just told me this could kill a lot of people. And now you come to me and say, okay, but we want you to build it. And it's just like, he's just like, what the fuck is up with like, and then like now he's got the moral quandary of like, oh, do you want me to just become what you think I am going to be anyways? Like, and I think there's a little bit of interesting stuff there. They don't answer any of those questions because the introduction of the monster answers that for them, where it's like basically, sure. like, yeah, there was there was already consequences from from the first action that we are now dealing with here. So I it's 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 one of those like I I can understand like it doesn't follow through on all that but I do but like I thought, the ambiguity well, of it. Well, that that's funny because I really felt like this was completely unambiguous. Like I wasn't thinking of the open ended complications when I was or, or implications when I was watching this. I was thinking this is a one for one bombing a Hiroshima example. Do we use the bomb and murder a bunch of people that we shouldn't? right that are somewhat innocent in order to attempt to end the war right like that's what i'm uh, more than somewhat please <laughs> I, well, no, no. Yeah. I was gonna yeah well, <laughs> i mean american dirty american. no 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 like but i think that that's what they're trying to talk that's what i was getting from this is like from a japanese perspective especially right like that's what godzilla is all about to begin with right and that's kind of like i feel like it's coming full circle in this movie to say, by the way, if they said micro oxygen one more time, I was going to jump out of my window. But that, um, that the whole like the using the technology, I didn't see it as being anything other than that while watching the movie. But again, I've only seen this once, and I'm sure both of you have read like think pieces on this and have better answers to, uh, that. No, I'm not. You ne- no, you, you never read a Godzilla think piece. That's oh, your okay. first problem. That's your first. <laughs> I'm problem. not you Never, in, you in never read a Godzilla think piece. You know what I mean? You never do um, it because so it like, always comes back to it's really about God and the angels, and you're like, oh my God, really? Only crazy people, only crazy people write think pieces for Godzilla fandoms. Believe me, Kelly. How many have you written? Three. I have also written plenty. I have also written plenty. Okay. I've written a lot. (laughs) Kelly has edited ones that I've done. Yes, yes. (laughs) 
I am not excluding myself from this. <laughs> you never read a Godzilla face. <laughs> Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, you, you're not wrong because like there is that element of uh, like the direct acknowledgement of like we're about to sacrifice Tokyo. To- yeah, right. In That's, order yeah. to you know stop this and it's like a a very interesting discussion from a japanese perspective i would be really interested to read more like japanese takes uh, on this film particular unfortunately that's one of the issues with like this fandom in general is that like a lot of the the more interesting topics from the people who live in japan don't really get translated and we don't get a lot of that here Um, it's such a shame yeah, and there's plenty of like really good that though I've heard from Japanese speakers, like Godzilla books written, and there are like books written from like you know Godzilla suit actors who've written about all their experiences, and there's like the Tomonuka Tanaka, the person who produced all these, like has a book, and like there are all these books and all these elements of research that you don't get here, so it's something that like. I don't have an answer for how that was taken in Japan, but I think I would be very interested to to hear uh, that particular element because, yeah, it's it's very much like a, a one-to-one uh, in that scenario. You, you are 100% correct. And, so. and I just want to be clear that um, I am not in support of um, nuking uh, innocent civilians, okay? I just want to be clear about that. In case oh, we... but what but... about the somewhat innocent? Uh... <laughs> well, that's up for that's up for debate, okay. right? The somewhat. I'm somewhat against that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Americans. Uh, no, no, I'm not for. And there's plenty of um, evidence that that never needed to happen. You know, so you know, just taking this a small stance on it. This is true. We also I'm believe glad. in vaccines. We, we do. do. We, yes, need, we, we, need to, we need to clarify that. And Andrew also <laughs> somewhat believes in mad scientists, but you know, we're we're like we're the pro fun back. kinds that the fun kinds. robots. The kind yeah. of like slime and stuff, you know, not the yeah. ones. That... Give me slime, give me robots, give me robots yeah. covered in slime. We're down. <laughs> um, there was a lot of slime in this movie. I was amazed because it looked like they slimed up that. Uh, they at least they moistened up that destroyer whenever God. he appeared. <laughs> and he yeah, was like a bunch of KY jelly all over that. <laughs> yeah, they moistened destroyer. Well, like he, he looks moist. He's like a moist looking. <laughs> God. Yeah, he's a very wet boy. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, very drippy. I, I like the parts where, it, but again, I, that sort of felt a little bit more like a, another nod to the xenomorphs, especially when it's, yeah. you know, staring down the reporter and its sure. mouth is all, you know, getting ready to shoot out and it's drippy, drippy, drippy. Um, I yeah, love that um, scene because the it, for whatever reason, it's just like, I'm not going to use my beam this time. I've used my beam a billion other times, but I want to bite your face off. Yeah. yeah. And then it, <laughs> That it uses its beam to like make it easier for him it to go in and bite her face off. He really yeah. wanted to fuck this woman up, and we don't. Know <laughs> I don't know what she I, did. I did love the part where though it was like tearing apart the car, and she's just kind of awesome. it, was, it was so stupid, but I loved it. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I, this really feels like in comparison to other Godzilla movies I've seen, just like like with the little you know destroyers, like it feels like. You know, a little monster movie, and I really appreciate that for a little bit. Yeah. Right, they're attacking the 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 car. If you know, it's just oh man, it's awesome. I was like, I was at the point where I'm like, you know what? Just give me a whole movie of this. Like, I want yeah, somebody to just give yeah. me a whole movie of this. My one of my favorite things is in that sequence when they just come with a 
rocket launcher and you're like hell yeah why do you put rocket launcher indoors and he just like <laughs> rocket launches it and just blows one of them up and i'm like hell yeah and we we talk about these weapons a little bit too like the fact that they like mention a freezer gun and then stop the entire movie to describe what a freezer gun is like <laughs> like it's pretty fucking obvious what a freeze like my six-year-old stopped and put like her hands in the air like I, it's a freezer gun it freezes things like why do we need a further explanation other than you don't it's need a freezer you, gun you need to know all about the capabilities of the <laughs> super like, x3 okay the shit. super x3 does not only have a freeze ray it also has cadmium missiles yeah the cadmium missiles yeah yeah, bitch. Why? Yeah. It's a fucking freezer gun. It shoots a it's freezer gun. It's a missile, bro. It saves the day. <laughs> it makes it so Godzilla don't go. Oh, God. Can you, can you, um, you know, squeeze one more uh, mention of uh, micro oxygen into that conversation as well? Because we need to hear. Well, micro oxygen was really uh, very uh, central to the creation of the freezer gun. Oh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> How stupid of me. I do love uh, near the end of the movie. Where it's like almost like just out and out like implied that like the humans could have just taken out Destroyer at any time because like yeah. Destroyer tries to fly away and the humans just like annihilate its wings and it just like to the ground and I'm like I love the idea that they could have killed it at any time right like it seems like this is a kaiju that was only a threat to Godzilla and no one else like the the military could have just been like bam we just drop like a freeze nuke or whatever on it and then it's frozen we i would have loved to see where they're just like wait a minute don't let it out yet let's see if it takes out this baby fucking godzilla first <laughs> let it kill the baby and then we can do something about it that that's like another element i do like on this so it, you probably did it i mean i'm gonna guess you picked it up but like mickey Sagusa is a psychic so you don't say when- yeah, okay, you knew. Okay, that's obviously... I know she says something like, I'm from the ESP Glee. <laughs> I'm from whatever. the ESP Club. Me too. I just joined the ESP Club. One day <laughs> I'll go be a teacher and I'll no longer be in the ESP Club. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I just found it, like, heartbreaking and, like, interesting as in, like, you know, to save the world, you're gonna have to, like, doom this baby that you love. I and, like, know. And it just breaks my heart. And it's like it just and it, what what is what I love about the movie is that it doesn't just say you know I feel like there are other movies where they would say like you have to make the sacrifice <laughs> then like they wouldn't like show any of the actual consequences of the sure. sacrifice right like fucking that again we're, we're shitting on Avengers let's just shit on Avengers more oh yeah like when they're like that. when they're like oh Iron Man become Iron Jesus and just fly <laughs> the nuke out. And then, like, you know, he flies a nuke and he does the Jesus pose and he's like, oh, I'm falling to Earth. Look at me. I'm Christ. And then he gets, like, rebirthed, obviously, because there's no actual consequences of his actions. He's fine. He's a hero now. Give us more 74 more movies. I mean, he's um, a he's a he's an arms dealer. It's America. There's no consequences for any of their actions. Um <laughs> So you're, you're right. They use language like somewhat innocent people, whatever they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, you know, it's, a, it's America, baby. Um, uh, um, but I like that there was con- like the yeah. consequences is he dies. Like, again, yeah, he, di- he dies. He frosts at the, the fucking there's snot. He looks like fucking 
it's like fucking Pulp Fiction with, you know, Mia's sitting there with a waiting to get stabbed in the chest, like ODing. He's like, blah, 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 blah. like, damn, he does get stabbed in the chest, though, but it's not adrenaline. It doesn't no. help him. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad. Um, And uh, there is like actual consequences for having to do that. And it's like heartbreaking. And I it doesn't it doesn't try to be like, nah. Now it's not emotional because it wants you to still feel emotional, right? Like it, it tells you like, this is the right thing to do, but also it fucking sucks. Let's all be very sad about it. And but it does bring the baby right. back. The baby comes back. There is no real consequences. Well, that. hey, you know, that could just be Godzilla living on in our memory. Godzilla Jesus is valid. Godzilla Jesus is the only Jesus. The only I good Jesus. To. Yeah, The only Jesus we accept as our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Destroyer is basically the devil. I will say oh. that when he like, oh my god, it is all about gods and angels and stuff. At the end of the day, oh Jesus! See, here we are, folks. <laughs> oh no! See, me and Kelly, we've instinctively wrote a Godzilla think piece. It just happens. <laughs> Come join us for God or Godzilla cult. <laughs> the cult of Godzilla. Yes, yes. We must <laughs> drink the nuclear radiation. Oh, no, that's not gonna last. You gotta. You gotta you gotta get some money out of him first. You uh, that's true. Oh, yeah, really? drink. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, I think it's uh it, it you know plays with your heartstrings. And again, that music, the Akira Fukube music in this is amazing. Like it's so good and just destroys you emotionally. And yeah, when when the, the first reveal of the like final form of of destroyer and it's just like the amazing like the backlighting where it's like all like the red lighting comes and he's like comes out of the like power mm-hmm. plant and he's like ah, i am the devil and he just like grabs <laughs> little baby godzilla and like flies away and then choke slams him it's like damn i love how much he uses his tail like it's so cool he's got like this cool little like spiky yeah. tail he just like wraps him around like dragging godzilla around but one of my daughters like, has like a lightsaber too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When, he, when he was dragging Godzilla, my daughter's like, "Why doesn't he just bite his tail off?" Because like, it's well, good point. He's getting strangled, bro. He can't get his thing. Trying to, he can't do it. Oh, if someone killed your son and you're ma- literally melting on the inside, maybe <laughs> you wouldn't have all the best ideas. Okay. <laughs> so much for our Lord and Savior. You know what I mean. <laughs> He wins in the end. Fucking melt down on that guy. Does he? Well, no, he doesn't. Well, win. He dies. No, not really. But... Oh, that scene where like the he's looking at his son, and there's like that little <gasps> oh. wisp of like like radiated air that like goes by, and I'm like, it's the saddest thing I have ever seen. <laughs> <sighs> I cry. I cry every time at the end when it's like the melting down and the sad music, and I'm just like, mm, I'm crying. I'm crying. Yeah, King, King Kong falling off Empire State Building ain't got shit on this. Well, no, because nobody's rolling over being like, somehow a woman's <laughs> to blame for this. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm surprised in the American edit of this, like, like one of the reporters goes, Mickey, it's actually all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These psychic like, bitches ruin everything. Fun. There are so many like monster movies that they somehow blame the women. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Uh, And I was very glad. Yeah, yeah. My last question, the last thing that I want to like kind of use as like a kind of like an end point to run into our final thoughts is 
do you think that this would have if in a world where this is actually the final Godzilla film, like where this is it, like this is it, how would you feel about this as a finale, Jason? Man, that's such a tough question to ask it because of the way that I've um, viewed this, right? As in terms of like what it accomplishes emotionally in a Godzilla film, I think it's very effective because of, as Kelly mentioned, the score, because of, you know, just that final parting shot is just epic. I wouldn't want this to be the end, right? Like, I wouldn't want this to be the end. I want all the Godzilla stuff that we get. But I do think if it was to be, it would be an effective ending. So I think I answered your question. That's fair. That's fair. Kelly, how would you feel if this was it? If no more Godzilla, he's gone. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't. But if it had been, I do think it's a satisfying ending. I mean, my complaints about the film, when you get right down to it, I could have complaints about most of the Godzilla films, even the ones I love. And uh, But no, it, it ends on the right note. We we say goodbye to our, uh, you know, our hero monster uh, uh, passes away in a in grand fashion, but also it suggests that the story continues and we don't get to see that story if it was the end but um i like those sort of endings so yeah no this would it would be satisfying to me nice nice i i would i i tend to agree i feel like um you know as the the one the only one that like was treated as like a capper capper other than this would have been final wars and i think like i enjoy godzilla final wars for many reasons, but it's not good. Uh, to to put it frankly, uh, it's not a very good movie. Um, no, no, they had to keep making more movies after making that one. They yeah. had to. Yeah, 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 they had to keep going. Um, and that one was like not a satisfying like finale for the character. And I I, I did think that like this is like a a really nice send off. The only other better send offs are like I believe. I think Terror of Mechagodzilla ends with him going off into the ocean. And I always do enjoy those ones. Like when there's like the sunset and he's like going off into the ocean and it's like, Godzilla will always exist in our hearts. He will never die. He's, he is forever <laughs> um, our savior. Godzilla is in each one of us. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think at the end of Terror of Mechagodzilla that they were intending for that to be the, no. the end proper. So No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not but enough. I do always like love the... It is. It's the end. He's just walking off into the ocean. He's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I love. There's a lot of the show ones where he's just kind of like walking off, and you got the characters on like a a beach or a mountain top, just kind of waving at him, like you know, come back anytime. Yeah, the real like message is that we should be nicer to the environment. Bye, Godzilla. <laughs> and it's like always. This movie also does the uh, last minute, like, uh, what was the meaning of this movie? Like thesis statement where it's like. Is this our punishment for what we have done for creating <laughs> Godzilla? And then <laughs> well, and we, we had like one of the captains going, "What radioactivity?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, they they do that in all the other, like the show of Godzilla movies. Always, always are like the real message is that we should pick up our fucking trash. You dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love the smog monster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> save the earth, save the <laughs> I could just sing the entire song. Uh, not good, but I could. Uh, 
So yeah, um, final thoughts. Jason, what are your final thoughts on this it, movie? If you haven't seen this for whatever reason you've listened to all of this, I would say check it out. It's good. It's worth watching for the the monster stuff for sure. Glowing red Godzilla's badass, the best looking, you know, Godzilla. Um yeah, that I've seen. Um yeah, it's good. Check it out. That's all. Masu Goji is the superior, uh, is the all-time Godzilla. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, my favorite Godzilla design. Um, you're wrong for having your opinion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, true. I, it is. This is this film has a very interesting legacy um, in terms of, you know, they use the imagery of the burning Godzilla every once in a while. Like it appeared in that those anime films, which we don't really speak of. Um, it also appeared the Americans tried to do something about it in like Godzilla King of the Monsters, but they were like, we're Godzilla King of the Monsters. Our opinion is radiation is great. So it was awesome that this happened, right? Like all the other ones are like, wow, Godzilla is the most, this is a super duper power up for Godzilla. He's glowing red. Remember from the movie? Godzilla <laughs> wants to destroy you. And it's like, do you remember that that Godzilla was in a lot of pain and it wasn't a nice power up and then he died? And they're like, no, we just want to make him red to sell more toys. I'm like, okay, Godzilla right. America's. Um, so <laughs> uh, that movie is fun. That movie has fun elements. <laughs> I'm a curmudgeon. Um, but um, I, uh, yeah, so I really do love this film and I always appreciate every time I go back to it. Still hits me with that emotional punch. I will never not love uh, Godzilla vs. Destroyer. And we'll never not tear up at our poor baby's end. Uh, Kelly, what are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, no. Um, so I have some issues with the film still. I kind of laid some of those out. But uh, I'm always happy to watch it. It's one of the better films from the Heisei series. Uh, you know, behind probably Biollante and uh, Return of Godzilla, but um, my opinion, but uh, no, I, I like it a lot. There's certain parts where it's like, yeah, I can walk out of the room and not miss much, but uh, not that I would ever do that. That would be so disrespectful, but um, it's no, it's a, it's a good time until it's a very bad time. And, <laughs> and that itself is good. <laughs> You sound, yeah. it sounds like the, that sounds like that <laughs> Simpsons bit, or it's like that's bad. <laughs> this movie yeah, contains I, I like sodium benzoate. <laughs> yeah, good movie, good movie. <laughs> so that's it, folks. As to, always, wait, wait, wait. I just want to be clear. Baby Godzilla is the only child that Andrew gives a fuck about. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> child Andrew would shed a tear for. It is well documented. If like a human child in peril doesn't give a shit, but a baby in movies, Godzilla in movies, um, I like I'm debatable. I'm... Remains to be seen, but and I guess we'll find out at some point. Some kids are somewhat innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Now you're catching on. <laughs> Correct. Oh, goodness gracious. Kelly, where can people find more of your work if they're interested? Uh, yeah, you can find my book um, on on Amazon and a lot of other online booksellers uh, in the Shadow of Extinction, a kaiju epic. It is amazing. You should <laughs> definitely read it. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it for us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. Thank you for listening to the LV. 426 Degrees of Alien podcast. 
please give us a review on whichever platform you use to find us. If you have any recommendations, comments, complaints, or angry outbursts, go ahead and send them to roebuck.andrew at gmail.com. That's R-O-E-B-U-C-K dot A-N-D-R-E-W at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful night.